Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again to go Inside EMS. I am your host, Chris Subalero. And this episode of Inside EMS is sponsored by ImageTrend, the creators of the free mobile app for first responders, Crew Care. It's time to thrive. You know, so I think we got a really great show, but before we get into that, it's imperative. It's vital. Dare I say paramount that I introduce my co-host. The one we call the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson, KG. Oh, man. it's uh, We've got another hurricane headed this way, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we should put I Rob on standby. You. you know, Rob is a listener of the show. So, Rob, you may have to be on standby in these uh, days of the new uh, hurricane. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm fleeing Louisiana this time. Uh, Are you gonna really? Oh yeah, except I'm I'm leaving Nancy behind. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, I I finally uh, got um, the opportunity to actually go do take some me time and and hang out with the shooting tribe. So I'm going to Southern Colorado uh, Thursday morning. I'll be gone when or if uh, Hurricane Delta uh, makes landfall nearby hopefully it will uh it will miss us and and whoever it hits it won't damage too bad but um uh i've got the uh the generator prepped and and the house as hardened as i can make it and at least um we'll be as uh, more prepared uh for this one when they were than we were for hurricane laura so uh fingers crossed that's crazy man it's good that you're getting away but uh it's at a crazy time bro but yeah man so Well, hopefully it bypasses. We'll see. Uh, We'll keep an eye on that. But we may need to do another show on Mother Nature and the effects that it does on the, you know, workforce of EMS and, you know, all the things that you went through. I think it was a good show last week where you talked about that firsthand knowledge. And a lot of people gave us some great kudos for that because there were a lot of things that you brought up that we suppose people do that uh, you really kind of gave us that insight. So it worked out really well. but. Let's go ahead and talk about this week's topic. You know, when we think about the two biggest challenges to EMS organizations, they have to fall in the lines, Kelly, of recruitment and retention. And I think it would be good to eventually talk about both, but they're so important. I really want to focus on the recruitment tool Mm -hmm. and building the talent pool and maybe come up with some of the successful recruitment strategies that an organization may need to have or development to ensure that they're getting the right people mm-hmm. in the door. So when we think about this from a leadership standpoint, I think that there's a couple things that people have to remember. First off is we need the workforce more than they need us. You know, yeah. especially if they're in a uh, area where there's more than one EMS system that they get to choose from, and they're going to want to go to the best one that they can go to. And the organization has to ensure that they've developed a reputation that you want to be the employer of choice. But uh, again, I think that's more in the retention stand. Uh, standpoint that in the recruiting standpoint but if you have a good solid reputation as being clinical clinically strong as having good leadership as to ensure that you're taking care of the workforce the workforce is engaged the workforce is satisfied that is one of the biggest marquees of people wanting to come into your organization. Mm -hmm. So I thought, Kelly, it would be good to think about some recruitment strategies for this show and kind of share our thoughts with the audience. 
I, uh, you know, recruitment and retention is, is something that's a, it's a thorny issue for just about every EMS agency operating today. And, and, you know, sometimes uh, stellar pay and, and great benefits and a, and a, a wonderful culture aren't even enough. Uh, you see the uh, in EMS one just recently uh, uh, a service in West Virginia was offering a, a substantial sign-on bonus, a very attractive and competitive salary and great benefits package, and had precisely zero applicants. And I, I don't know if that's their their advertising, if they're fishing in a dry hole, so to speak, or if it's just uh, um, their uh, they're just not anybody attracted to EMS in that particular area. Um, but it, it's not just a, an, an emergency medical services uh, problem. It's, it's we're everybody is struggling to find quality workers and to keep them. Personally, I think that, that my, my number one uh, requirement in, in choosing an employer would be a uh, progressive uh, clinical environment and one that encourages their, their, their people to, to grow, uh, that would be uh, ahead of pay for me, but, but not by far, hang, not hang by on. far. Yeah, but hang <laughs> on a second. So, but how do people really know that you're an advanced clinical system? I mean, you know, because you, you, you've said that before, but if I'm in the job market and I'm looking for a place to go and, and people are recruiting, is it the responsibility of the organization to say, that we have good progressive protocols and we're leaning in clinical standing? Or is it the word of mouth of the EMS providers to say that? Because what do we really believe when it comes from the advertisements of an EMS agency? Do we believe that they have great clinical protocols? Do we believe that they have outstanding leadership? Can we say and, and know for sure that they're, you know, at the top of the pay scale? I mean, so when we hear these things, what are we really believing uh, when it comes to, you know, um, you know, going to apply for a job somewhere? And, and how do we really get that message out? I think the companies that, that, um, uh, want that sort of thing will will highlight those aspects of, of working there whereas the ones that that uh, don't really care um, or it's not as concerning uh, for them uh, that you uh, that that you're um, a, a good clinician as you are a good employee uh, and they'll highlight their benefits and their pay package above all else and that sort of thing so I, I think part of the uh, one way to tell is is what emphasis uh, they put in their recruiting pitch um, but Chris you know you know as well as I do when you go to you go for an application or an interview at any place what do you do before you go to that interview uh, you're, a, little, if, a little thing we like to call research that's right that's right you do some research and you don't just believe their recruiting pitch you ask your friends uh, you you put out some feelers on on uh, on your trusted social media contacts uh, you do uh, you consult professor Google uh, and, and quite a few of these these places have their protocols posted online so you can know uh, beforehand uh, and that's also not only is that is you know a requisite doing your homework before applying to an agency, but it's also uh, impressive in the eyes of the recruiter as well. When when someone comes in uh, to apply for a job and they know 
a lot about the company already. It's obvious that they've done their research. Uh, any good recruiter looks at that as as a positive. That's a that's a uh, a, a mark a check mark in the plus column as far as hiring you uh, because that's what they look for. Um, so I, I don't and I think, think that's that, what uh, that's what that was one of that's one of my first questions too is to ask. Tell me what you know about our agency. Exactly. Exactly. But I want to. And, go, I want to go back to something you said. I'm sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off, but I, I, we're no, go ahead. Too far deep from where you were, and you talk about you know we want critical thinkers. We want one of the things that I think is a great retention tool, and you know we've kind of talked about this before, is hire for compassion and teach the skill. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. One of the things that I think is a good recruitment tool is to let people know, come here with your, uh, you know, with your feelings of compassion and we will Mm -hmm. take care of the rest. You know, one of the things that I think is, and I've said it on the show many, many times is, you know, we teach EMTs and paramedics in a linear, uh, you know, a linear movement, right? If A happens, Mm -hmm. do B, if C happens, do D. And then when we get them in the organization, we want them to be critical thinkers. Well, we haven't talked yeah. about critical thinkers. No, we have not. We've given and, them the and, opportunity to consider different things. But now mm-hmm. the, the true skill of critical thinking and the true set of problem solving, the true skill of problem solving is, is just that. It's a skill, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things that I would use as a recruitment tool is to say, Regardless of your experience, come and interview with us, and let's let's evaluate you. And I think that this is where the evaluation comes in, whether it's a Myers-Briggs, whether it's a leadership assessment, which I think that every employee in the organization should get, by the way, mm-hmm. is a leadership assessment. But then we hire people for their compassion, and we truly teach them the skill. Because i got to tell you, man, I can't, I can't tell you the number of times that people wouldn't apply – at the agencies where I work because they felt intimidated by the agency. We developed a strong enough clinical reputation that people said, I don't know that I can hang there. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you wonder how many people you might've lost for that very reason. Um, because it's, it's not uncommon that the most compassionate and empathetic people, uh, holding EMT certifications are also, uh, possess some degree of, of uh, insecurity. Uh, that's not to say no, that. Say that's not. That's yes. Not so. No, because it's not to say that that empathetic people are insecure. It's that if you have that personality trait, you're also a, a good deal more introspective. Uh, and and introspective people are by their very nature uh, a little more self analytical. It's only the confident, uh, the confident people that don't really look within uh, that are, are truly cocky because uh, they don't care enough to look hard, uh, don't care to look hard enough at themselves to realize that they're not all that in a bag of chips. Well, here's so, the problem, though. The problem is that we've created the culture. That oh, yeah. You, that you need to come in and know everything there is to know about oh, EMS. Yeah. So well, when we talk about self, no handholders. When we talk about self-confidence, maybe it has a dip into what you're saying of compassion. I've known some pretty compassionate people who were truly strong clinicians and have great self-confidence. Mm-hmm. But I think in EMS, we've set up the 
culture that people have to come in with a bit of arrogance. People have to come in with a little cockiness because they think they have to know everything there is to know about EMS. But I think that when we talked about that from the recruiting standpoint, just to let them know, come here with your experience. But with that said, we've got to be able to deliver on that, Kelly. We've got to be able to deliver on the fact of saying that you are going to grow here, that we're going to take interest in you growing here. It's my responsibility as the leader to get mm -hmm. you to the next level, right? And now I'm not even going to yeah. talk about my philosophies on leadership, where that comes. But the failure of the leadership to engage and make sure that the workforce is satisfied and to help them grow to the next level is the failure of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, uh, you kind of uh, repeated Nancy's mantra in this, hire for attitude, train for ability. Uh, and, and when you read job descriptions in, in all the, the various sites that are looking for for uh, EMTs and paramedics, um, there's a broad range of experience and or qualifications that they'll allow, you know. You want they want X years of they want a, a, a associate degree or equivalent experience in a high volume system or they want this or uh, or that. Um, so there's so much there's a great deal of, of wiggle room that people uh, recruiters put into their pitches that allow them the flexibility to hire the the right person who may not check every box but they check the most important boxes and what they want uh, in a prospective employee, uh, but. All too often, people don't read that all that carefully, and they'll say, well, you know, uh, it requires a baccalaureate degree. Oh, no, no, it doesn't. It, <laughs> read, read a little more. Um, or they go, you know, it requires a baccalaureate degree, and, man, I just, you know, I, I'm not an egghead. I've never been one of those those people that, that just goes to school to go to school, and they, um, and, and they never apply, uh, although – Probably someone that thinks like that is is not the person you want applying for your agency in the first place. Uh, but when you said um, pitching the ability to grow uh, and and develop your skills and develop your knowledge and and grow as a as a person and as a provider at your agency, that's huge. But it only works if you actually put some put some emphasis or put the, your money where your mouth is. Uh, and, and all too often, people will say, uh, you know, this is a place you can grow here and gain experience and, 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 uh, and become a better provider working for us. Uh, and then they don't deliver. Uh, they squash initiative. Uh, they want you to do things a certain way, even though there are uh, – uh, it may not be – it's the way that agency does it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best way. Um, and and uh, the culture does not match the pitch. So uh, when when people do their homework, they'll the word of mouth is going to is going to uh, counter uh, that recruiting pitch if you don't walk the walk. And so many agencies do that as well. So question I want to ask you as a as a recruiter, um, what do you think has been your most effective pitch at getting people, not just, not just applicants and, you know, how wide you cast your net, what has been the most, uh, most effective pitch that you've used that actually got an employee that you wanted? Oh, you I, know, think, your type I think, I think, 
Yeah, I think free beer. So I think that that's what it is. <laughs> but hang on one second. Let's go ahead and hold on to that thought, and I'm going to get you right after this break. But Crew Care is a free mobile app designed for first responders. The information is completely anonymous, but gives you insight into stress loads that contribute to your mental well-being and resources to help, all while anonymously contributing to industry research. Crew Care was created by ImageTran, a software solutions company dedicated to the emergency response industry. ImageTran has made the Crew Care app available for free download in your App Store or Google Play. Or visit crewcarelife.com to learn more. It's not just about being resilient. It's about thriving with Crew Care from ImageTrend. You know, Kelly, so going back to your question, what has it been effective for me is as the leader of the organization... I have been the one to go to uh, EMS programs. I've been the one to seek out uh, first responders and talk to them about what we're trying to do at the organization and who we're trying to look for. Because for me, as the leader of the organization, to go out and recruit people to come in, remember, my feeling about um, bringing people into the organization is that I need them more than they need me, right? The true measurement of leadership success is how dedicated, satisfied, and productive the workforce is. If I don't have an engaged, satisfied, and productive workforce, my job as the leader of that organization is going to fail because everything is everything rises and falls on leadership. So if I'm able to tell them the philosophy of the leadership team, if I'm able to talk to them about where we are in creating the, the best provider with uh, the best clinical education, where I'm coming in to talk about the ability to uh, work as a team and servant leadership and emotional intelligence and the equipment that we have, that's the best recruiting tool. We're not hearing it from the mouths of the people who are doing the work. We're hearing it from the people who are saying, I need you. You know, We invite these people into our organization to help us be successful. We invite them. We go through the process, Kelly. They take a test. They get an interview. Maybe they do a skills mm-hmm. thing. Maybe they do a Myers-Briggs. Maybe they do whatever it is that they do. Then we sit down and we gather all that information together and we get all the feedback together and read all those papers and we say, I want this Kelly Grayson guy. I want this Nancy McGee guy. I want this or girl. And then we invite them into our organization to help us be successful. And then we sit them in a corner and say, raise your hand if you have a question. Well, that's not Mm -hmm. taking care of the workforce, and they're not going to take care of you, and they're not going to take care of the organization. What is my best recruiting tool? Me being out on the front line as the leader of the organization, telling people why they should come and join my organization. Yeah. And, you know, that that's always been the big disconnect between management administration and and the workforce is how they view the organization. You know, very successful organizations. uh, um, Typically, there's there's not a big gap between how management views the job they're doing and, and how the people do. But you saw as well as I did in the EMS trend uh, report for this past year done by, by EMS One and Fitch and Associates that the gap between in opinion between the workforce and management on, you know, everything, the success of their agency, uh, um, the benefits they provide, employee satisfaction, there's a huge gap. Uh, so there's some lack of communication there between management and the people that they're trying to hire 
Uh, and and that lack of communication is going to bear nothing but but bitter fruit uh, when the employee actually encounters the the reality uh, behind that pitch. Um, you know, I, I've I've said many many times, and we're we're kind of delving into retention, but it, it, it these these two elements are intertwined. That people will work for an agency that treats them poorly but pays them very well. Or people will work for an agency that treats them very well but doesn't pay them well, but they will not tolerate poor pay and poor treatment at the same time. They will vote with their feet and they'll go elsewhere. Um, so in those those instances where pay is, is competitive, it may not be superior, but it's competitive with everything else, the organizational culture is the big seller. Uh, and there's, there's only one way to develop uh, a, a reputation outside your agency for having a strong organizational culture. And that's treating your people well. And I'll, I'll give you an example. We, we just got through with, uh, we're, we're still recovering from a hurricane. And my employer, for the last month, uh, at least, ever since the, the, uh, the hurricane died down, um, they have been providing uh, free meals more or less every day uh, for all the uh, the um, crews, on-duty crews in their affected areas. Uh, we may not always be able to go where they're distributing those meals, but by and large, uh, the supervisors are getting out and cooking out and, and cooking barbecue and chicken and jambalaya and red beans and rice and, and whatever. Uh, you got a hot lunch. Um and and I'm not sure I'm sure they're not doing it out of their pocket, but but the gesture pays huge dividends. Uh, it, it sends a message. You know, these people care about our welfare. Uh, the fact that they sent out uh, gift cards uh, almost immediately after the hurricane's aftermath to, to handle necessities, you know, and this was not something that's going to be deducted from your pay or anything else. It's just we know you're hurting right now. Uh, here's a little to, here's what we can do right now. And, and more, more's on the way. Uh, and just recently, uh, we got a notification that during the COVID pandemic, uh, the, the onset of the COVID pandemic, we, our financial projections were, were pretty dismal, uh, in the beginning. So our yearly pay raise, they, they couldn't give us, um, and now reevaluation of those financial projections showed that, that, uh, they're, they're, uh, actual revenues were a lot more robust than they projected. So they went and retroactively uh, enacted that pay raise and gave us a little bonus to boot, which will be in our next paycheck. Not something that they had to do. Uh, and, and it's those little things that they didn't have to do uh, that make as much difference uh, or more uh, than the bottom line in, uh, in net pay on your on your uh, pay stub every week. So, you know, if, if once again, I come back to walking the walk. Uh, some people say, uh, some agencies say we have a great culture and others actually practice it. So uh, I, I think that how you were treated is probably uh, next to, to clinical uh, uh, progressivism uh, is probably the biggest selling points for me uh, as a prospective employee. Well, I think it's good stuff, Kelly. And I think that uh, I, I'd really be interested to know from the listeners, uh, when you see the uh, post, go ahead and put in the comments some of the things that you would want to see from a recruiting standpoint from an organization you were going to join, or what are some of the recruiting techniques that you 
have seen that have really inspired you to join an organization. And you know, I think that I think that recruitment is the and I just want to end on this now before I give it to you for the close is recruitment is a secondary thing to consider because if you're able to develop an organization that has good retention you never have to recruit for a couple reasons one people won't leave but two people won't leave and people will still want to join so recruitment is a symptom of poor employee engagement satisfaction and poor retention. So mm-hmm. if you want to make sure that you have good employee recruitment, you need to make sure that you have stellar retention because people will always want to be part of that organization and people will never want to leave that organization. Uh, most definitely. We have an, an agency near here where um, uh, if, you want to, if you want to go work for them, someone pretty much has to retire or die because <laughs> nobody ever quits. Uh, they get hired, they stay there for 20 years and either they die in the, in harness or, or they retire, uh, satisfied with the, the career they've had. Uh, retention is, is paramount. And, and all, all too often uh, you see this, especially in volunteer agencies, uh, recruiting pitches and Nancy, this is Nancy's pet peeve. Is recruiting pitches reek of desperation. Uh, you know, please God, come work for us. We'll throw this amount of money at you, and and, and that sort of thing. And and people or or volunteers, uh, you know, uh, uh, if you don't volunteer here, people will die. And no one responds to that. No no one wants to board a, sea, a sinking ship. And uh, an astute employee, prospective employee, can can spot desperation. Uh, when they see it and uh, recognize it when they see it and and they're not going to come to you but hey that's what we think we'd like to hear what you think uh as chris asked what recruiting pitches were best for you what worked well at your agency what do you think uh what would an agency offer to entice you to come work there that would be effective we'd like to hear your thoughts at the show at ems1.com And for myself and co-host Chris Cevallero, who successfully recruited me six and a half years ago, and I'm still here, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week. But isn't that retention? Well, yeah, you recruit, you you gave a good pitch, and I stayed. (laughs) One more thing, Chris and Kelly. If you're on SoundCloud, just hang on a second, because I'm coming right along with my EMS One Stop. So I'll see you there, and whatever this week's topic is going to be. Bye for now.